here as I read this very upbeat chapter. The desert and the parched land will be glad. The wilderness will rejoice and blossom like the crocus. It will burst into bloom. It will rejoice greatly and shout for joy. The glory of Lebanon will be given to it. The splendor of Carmel and Sharon, they will see the glory of the Lord, the splendor of our God. Strengthen those feeble hands, steady those knees that give way. Say to those fearful hearts, be strong, do not fear. Your God will come. He will come with vengeance, with divine retribution. He will come to save you. Then will the eyes of the blind be opened and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then will the lame leap like a deer and the mute tongue shout for joy. Water will gush in the wilderness and streams in the desert. The burning sand will become a pool, the thirsty ground bubbling springs, and the haunts where jackals once lay, grass and reeds and papyrus will grow. And a highway will be there. It will be called the way of holiness. It will be for those who walk in that way. The unclean will not journey on it. The wicked fools will not go about on it. No lion will be there, nor any ravenous beast. They will not be found there. But only the redeemed will walk there. And those the Lord has rescued will return. They will enter with singing. Everlasting joy will crown their heads. Gladness and joy will overtake them. And sorrow and sighing will flee away. Let's pray as we uh, reflect on those words. Father, thank you for your Holy Spirit present with us. Thank you for how, Lord, you're speaking today and you want to speak today. Thank you for what's on your heart. Help us to be listening. Amen. When I was a teenager, I was uh, out one, I think it was like a Saturday night or something, I was walking and going on my journey towards where I was going to live in Newcastle. And that would have taken me by a place called Jesmond Dean. And I was just about to go down this road when a guy came out from the road uh, someone I knew, he said, don't go down that way. He said, there's some guys down there and they're spoiling for a fight, you know. Um, but I ignored him. 
I was, uh, I was with uh, my then girlfriend, my first girlfriend, who's now married to a friend of mine, um, and her friend. And I, I just thought, oh, it'll be fine. It's my normal route home. It'll be absolutely fine. I walked down that way, and sure enough, there was uh, a guy there with one or two others and his girlfriend. And, and it, was a, it was a sort of stupid questions like, uh, are you looking at my girlfriend? And I said, no. Why? Are you saying she's ugly? Um, and all that. So, and anyway, I got, ended up getting punched in the face and all the rest of it ended up with a black eye. I took a wrong turn. <laughs> I went the wrong way. I didn't follow advice. I thought I knew better. I went the wrong way. Have you ever gone the wrong way in your life? Taken a wrong turn. Maybe you heard the voice and you thought, ah, it'll be fine. And then afterwards you thought, ah, it's not. I guess we've all done that from time to time and maybe we do it regularly. The great news of this passage is that if you do that, God is the God who will always give you a chance to get back on his way. He's a God of grace and forgiveness. The people of God at this time of Isaiah had gone their own way. You know, remember Frank Sinatra sang, I did it my way. Well, they sang it way before that. <laughs> ah, we'll do it our way. We don't want to listen to God's way, we'll do it our way. But it was the wrong way. And they, they'd had God's word and they'd had his prophets saying, don't do what you're doing, but they ignored. Uh, and they went the wrong way. And then they paid the price for it. They ended up being made exiles and losing their own homeland. They chose the wrong way and ended up in a bad situation. Now our world today, if we do do that, people are very unforgiving. When you've gone the wrong way, while well, you've blown it, that's it, you've messed up. Your name is mud from there on evermore. But like I say, God isn't like that. And even these people who had turned their backs on God and really had done terrible things and gone their own way, God was then going to eventually provide for them a way through, a way out of their mess. When Jesus came, before him came John the Baptist. And we remember John the Baptist at Advent time because he prepared a way for the Lord. He prepared a way in the wilderness. He fulfilled other words of Isaiah saying, that's who I am, that's my role. I'm here to prepare the way of the Lord. And in doing so, he called people to repentance. He called people to turn back to God to stop going their own way and to start going God's way. Now their own way had led to, basically had led to death, led to destruction, led to sort of a dry wilderness in their lives. And this passage talks about a wilderness. It talks about the desert. And we find that hard to relate to because we live in a very lush um, land where it's green. You know, we, I know we complain about the rain, but we have beautiful landscape as a result. If you live in another part of the world where it's very dry, very dusty, and things find it hard to grow, you can relate to this image of the desert. 
and of the wilderness. But what Isaiah says is that the desert and the parched land will be glad. The wilderness will blossom. And there will be growth in this dry and dusty place. There will be rejoicing. The glory of Lebanon, of Carmel and Sharon will come. These were all fertile, rich places. And their fertility, their growth would come into the desert and make the desert a very abundant and growing place. Do you know, God loves to bring life in the desert. Places that we might write off as being dry and dusty and dead, God is in the habit of bringing life to them. Have you ever heard of the uh, preacher, Pentecostal leader, Smith Wigglesworth? He was a Yorkshireman, very blunt, rude Yorkshireman. And, one, and he heard from God and he, God used him incredibly. One time Smith Wigglesworth was in South Africa and he, he got a prophecy from God. Went in to see the man he was working with, whose name was David Duplessis. Went to see David Duplessis, literally pinned him against the wall and said, I've got a word for you. God is going to do a new thing. He's going to bring revival and he's going to bring it about in the mainline denominations. And you're going to have a key part in that revival. David Duplessis was a very much a Pentecostal leader who just thought, well, anyone who was a Catholic, Anglican, even Baptist, and all the rest of them, thought, oh, well, that, you know, God has, God has forsaken them. You know, it's the Pentecostals who have the Holy Spirit, and they're the ones that God is favoring. So he said, well, if that's true, God's going to have to change my heart. Well, then Smith Wigglesworth died not that long later, and, but 40 years after that prophecy, David Duplessis found himself uh, meeting with Anglicans, Catholics, seeing renewal taking place in the Catholic Church, meeting with the Pope, uh, and found himself at the table with all these different church leaders. God brought about incredible renewal and did use him for it. God longs to use what we consider to be dry and dusty and dead and, and, and finished with. And he brings new life. Can he do it here? <laughs> Does he want to do it here? Yes, he does. <laughs> Others might say, oh, well, Baptists, you know, they're a bit old hat. God is moving. God is speaking. God is working among us. He brings new life where it seems like, oh, there might not be so much life. There's a word here that's definitely a word for today, isn't it? Verse 3 of this passage says, strengthen the feeble hands. Steady the knees that give way. Is anyone feeling a bit feeble at the moment? Are you feeling perhaps a little bit weak at the knees every time you read the headlines at the moment? Say to those with fearful hearts, be strong and do not fear. I don't need to say to you, don't be afraid when you're not afraid. God says to us, don't be afraid when we are. When we are actually feeling quite uncertain about Christmas. When we are feeling uncertain about what's going to happen next week, every time I take a lateral flow test. <laughs> Be strong and do not fear. Why? Because your God will come. Your God will come. Do you know, spiritually, we are in something of a dry and dusty land compared to other parts of the world. But your God will come. Yeah. 
He's not finished with us yet. I met people who, from other countries, they say, oh, the UK has such a great heritage in terms of Christianity. Great Christian leaders, great missionaries, and that's true. But it's 2021 and God has is, is got plenty more he wants to do in the UK. Your God will come. Do not fear. What is the worst that can happen? Do not fear. Tell those deaf people going into Afghanistan. If they can do that, what can we do? Do not fear. Be strong. Now what happens when God comes? Well, as I described, some incredible transformation when God comes. First thing he describes is astonishing healing. The eyes of the blind will be opened, the ears of the deaf unstopped. The lame will leap like a deer and the mute tongue shout for joy. There'll be an astonishing miracles. There'll be healings taking place when God comes in power. Joe mentioned John the Baptist earlier. He paved the way for Jesus. He baptized Jesus. He said, behold the Lamb of the the Lamb of God, sorry, the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. But do you know there's an, an amazing bit in the Gospels where John the Baptist actually doubts. He, he says, um, you know, he hears what's going on, he says, are you really the one we were to expect or should we be waiting for someone else? In fact, he sends messengers to Jesus to ask that very question. And uh, they come to Jesus and Jesus says, go back and tell to John what you've seen and heard. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is proclaimed to the poor. Go back and tell him what's happening. This is the sign that your God has come. Even John the Baptist doubted. And even we might doubt sometimes. But through Jesus, incredible miracles take place. Through the church today, incredible miracles do take place. Now, I, I, I'm sorry if I go on about this, but two years ago I was in Brazil and I saw blind eyes being opened. I prayed for someone and I've subsequently thought, did this really happen? It happened right in front of my eyes. I prayed for this guy. I said, what can, hold up, one, one eye was, you know, really bad. He couldn't see anything. And then we prayed for him, and then he said, oh, it's getting better. We kept on praying, it got better. How many fingers am I holding up? He told us, and we, we saw his eyes get, eyesight get better right before us. And that didn't, wasn't me. <laughs> that was God doing that. Another time there was a woman who, they, uh, someone had a word of knowledge, called out her name. They say, believe, um, I think it might have been Diana or something. Someone called Diana, and you've got a hearing problem. God wants to heal it. She comes out. She was got to be me. Comes out. Next day, she gives a testimony. I don't need these hearing aids anymore. We saw it loads, and uh, come back here, and we say, well, we don't really see it that much, do we? But I still believe God does do that. Because he's the God, also he's the God who belongs to bring life in the desert. Other countries, there is a different spiritual atmosphere. The church is exponentially growing. People's faith is really high. 
and we don't understand it. But can God do that here? Yes, he can. I know God has laid praying for healing on my heart, and I don't understand it, but I just know that he can and he does. I've experienced it myself. I've had healings myself, physical, spiritual, emotional healing. And, and yet also I believe God wants to do so much more. Now, does it come every time? Does it happen? No, but I just keep praying because I know he's the one who comes in the wilderness. And when we can't see it, you know, God is calling us still to believe, to keep trusting him. Be strong. Do not fear. Your God will come. Keep pressing in. Keep praying. Steady your weak knees. Strengthen those feeble hands. It's easier in some ways in other countries where faith is stronger. We live in a tough environment in the UK where we might be more blessed materially, but there is actually spiritually a dryness in the UK. There's spiritually a deadness, and it is hard to follow Christ. Water will gush forth in the wilderness, streams in the desert. Jesus said, whoever believes in me will be like have streams of living water flowing from within them. The burning sand will become a pool. The thirsty ground, bubbling springs. There will be gushings of water in this land. Years ago, I used to play regularly in a function band. <coughs> and one of the songs we used to do at the end of the night <coughs> was ACDC's Highway to Hell. And uh, by the end of the evening, uh, you know, everyone, everyone, the whole band are singing, we're on a highway to hell. <coughs> and um, I used to, I mean, there was not a lot of saxophone on ACDC. So um, by that point in the night, you know, we're just there shaking a tambourine. And myself and the tr trumpet player, who's also a Christian, we decided we wouldn't join in on the backing vocals on We're on a Highway to Hell. Um, everybody else was happily singing. It's a good song, actually. Do you know there is a highway to hell? And it's not hard to find. But there is also a highway to heaven. <laughs> and there's a way that God has provided to get to know him. To follow in his way. Jesus himself said, I am the way. The way of holiness as it's described here. And he's paved the way for us to walk on it. I raised this passage uh, up in a, a prayer meeting this week, and someone said, the way that's described here, the way of holiness, is a bit like the M6 toll road. You know, it's always to said, M6 toll is clear. <laughs> you can drive through it. But it costs. But it costs Jesus to make that way. He's paid our toll. He's paid for us to get on that road, on that way of holiness. Jesus came as a baby, and died on a cross and paid for you to get on his way. It's a way of purity. It says the unclean will not journey on it. Wicked fools will not go about on it. They won't even want to. They think it's really boring or whatever. 
It will be a way of purity. And you know what God does when he comes into your life is he, 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 he wants to make us more and more like him. And so he purifies us. Sometimes that takes time. It takes happens over time. But he'll purify your heart as you continue to walk in his way. It's also a way that is safe. We're told here there's no lion on there. There's no ravenous beast that will be found there. It's a way of safety. And I've been reflecting on this this week. Actually, we've got that feeling that safety's eroded at the moment, haven't we? Now, if a lion turns up, we know danger. That's dangerous. To be honest, COVID, we, d- we can't see it, can we? So we, every time you walk into somewhere where you thought it was familiar and you feel safe, actually, I don't, do I feel safe? And, and it's, we're dealing with that. And it's that underlying feeling of anxiety. I'm just being honest here. It is what we're living through at the moment. But ultimately, in Christ, you are safe. What's the worst that can happen? You are safe in Jesus. Nothing can separate you from him. You are on the way to heaven. You are on the way with him. The redeemed will walk there. Those the Lord has rescued will return. And instead of singing highway to hell, you'll be singing praises to God. They will enter Zion, the place of God's presence, the place where he meets people. They will enter with singing. Joy, everlasting joy will crown their heads, your heads. Gladness and joy will overtake you. And sorrow and sighing will flee away. Does that sound good? So I want to give us an opportunity just to kind of give ourselves afresh to God this morning. To say, Lord, yes, I want to walk your way. There's another song, Walk This Way. (laughs) Run DMC. Walk This Way. God will empower you. He will give you the strength you need. It's when we say, I know I'm going to go my own way stubbornly. Well, then we might come a cropper. We might get beaten up. We might get attacked by a lion. We might be in trouble. But just God says, walk in my way. Actually, it's easier. Actually, it's easier. It's safer. You'll see amazing things taking place. And you'll be filled with joy. I want to give us an opportunity. It may be that someone's watching this online. And I want to give you the opportunity to say, do you know what? I want to stop faffing about. And I want to get right with God today. Those of us who are here physically this morning, would you please stand? I want to give us the opportunity to give ourselves afresh to God. Jesus says, I am the way. And the word says, this is the way. Walk in it. So I'm going to lead us in a prayer and say, Lord, we're sorry we've gone our own way. Lord, we're sorry that we ignored your warnings. And we naively, be it blindly, whatever it may be, stubbornly, we went our own way. And we want to say we're truly sorry, Lord. We thought we knew better. 
But right now we want to be led back onto your way. I want to thank you that you've paved this way for us through your son Jesus. That you've provided this way for us to know safety, to know healing, to know wholeness, to know hope. We get onto your way this morning. We choose your way right now. We want to walk in your ways, in your footsteps, Lord. Thank you that you're with us. Fill our hearts with this everlasting joy this morning. That we might be singing your praises, the joy of the redeemed. That we might be saying, hallelujah, Lord. I'm walking by your strength. I'm walking in step with your spirit. I'm, I'm led by your spirit every moment. Thank you, Lord, that this, is, that this is possible for each and every one of us. That you've paved this way because you sent your son, Jesus, to die for us. To pay the price, to pay our toll. Lord, we receive your love right now. We receive what you're doing in our hearts. We receive this free gift of grace right now. Help us to walk in your way, this way of hope. Fill our hearts with, with faith that we believe you for more. We believe that you are working in this land. You are working. We don't see it always, but Lord, we believe you're working. We know you're stirring in our hearts. We pray for others, friends, family, neighbors, that they may come to know you too. That may, they may know this way of hope. So we'll receive what you're doing right now, Lord. Lord, I want to entrust anyone to you praying for healing right now. Maybe something small, it may be something bigger. God is the God who heals. He is your healer. You may even want to lay your hand on a part of your body that needs healing. 